Pre-pod, pre-pod. Not bringing them up as actual. It's not like we're live streaming. <laughs> no. Are we? Oh, God. Brian's going to die. We can never Brian go, is we can die. Never go public. His head's going to explode. Do you, but do you want to go public and sell out like a lesion? Welcome to another episode of the American Beer Review Podcast. Good times with good friends requires good beer. Lucky for us, we know how to pick all three. We're a group of friends who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, giving us a jump start on our craft beer journey. Join us today while Brian, Alec, and Chad review some beer, talk about beer topics, and whatever else comes up. We invite you to pour yourself a drink and hang out with us. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Maybe you mean above? Give us a billion dollars. We'll say whatever you I, want. I would daddy. settle for thirty thousand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd then, like a little more, but yeah, like yeah, what, defi- could... define what? Okay, talk about selling out. So whatever thing you've created, you're gonna sell out for an X amount of money. Define what it means to sell out. Does it mean lose control? Lose control. Somebody else is gonna do whatever they want with it. Okay, and so we're My saying hands it's are clean. I'm out. And so we're saying it's this podcast in theory. That we're gonna like the the discourse is fettered. We don't we aren't allowed to Well, I mean, for a million dollars, I will talk about my little pony. But for an hour. Oh, I mean this Wait, podcast. How much at this money point, would it take like, you to become a mouthpiece for A B and Bev? Oh, and they would hand they would hand you a script and go, This is all you can talk about. You cannot go up to A case of beer on the table every time I show up here. Yeah, it probably wouldn't I mean to talk on here, but I can go drink as much craft beer as I want outside right. of here. Oh, but you're just a mouthpiece for their craft beer oh, division. Oh, I probably yeah. Elysian is the best thing I've ever had. Give me a slight. Give me beer every podcast and like a small chunk of change. A couple, but, couple bucks. Yeah, but small we still chunk have. But we still. But you still have to play the podcast as oh, we only review craft beer, and we just happen to only review. AB and Bev's crap brew. Yeah, I could do it. Uh, pay off my student loans and maybe like give me like a little bit more right. of my uh, like a little bit for a down payment on a new house and new beer, and I'm good. Like, yeah. see, that's how easy it is. That's why they do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's the, that's why. Like, I do. We, I, I I never hold the brewers, the owners, no. the craft guys accountable for it. Like, I get it, man. I would do the exact same I think, thing. I think I used to. I think I used to until like, you started. Dealing yeah. with bills and responsibilities. But it's also like, it's like people who claim that they're, like, their favorite band sold out because they got big. And it's like, hey man, do you remember when you told all your friends about this amazing band and you loved it? And then they got fans of it and then they did the same thing? Mm-hmm. And now you're pissed that you told people about this band and the band was like, hey, we'd like to, I don't know. Make not, some money? Not ride an econo line for our, yeah. like, tour and instead we get to fly around in a... In a I almost said spaceship in a freaking airplane. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, so you're pissed that they, quote, unquote, sold out? Like, so, I, I never held it against the bands. But, mm-hmm. like, for breweries, I, like, there was a little bit. And I think it's because, like. Because you're already making money. Well, and and it's just, well, like, but, this but idea of independent. In, a, in, an, in like, an ideal world where, like, uh, uh, your favorite little brewery. Is making tons of money. Everyone yeah. who works there has a great living wage. They they're not want for anything. Yeah, and they just decide. Well, I want to be a millionaire now. Yeah, is that the, is that the? It could be, but like, uh, 
who was it? New Belgium. They went, they became uh, employee owned. Okay. And within months, the company sold. Because the employees became the owners of the company. And basically oh. somebody was like, what if hey, we- we'll pay you a ton of money for your company. And the employees were like, yeah, done. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. I started beers today's boys. I have Montucky cold snacks. We talked about the. We did not talk about this on the pod. No, this we came texted up in about a, it. Uh, group text. Oh, because yeah, of funny because the holiday shirt. sweaters. Yeah. Yep. What was the original one that I saw? Was it Bush? Uh, I thought uh, this was the first one that I came out. No, like a, this is the one. That, it was the Bush. This is the one that Cam. Yes, yeah. this is the one that Cam replied to. With the Montucky cold snacks, I think. And I had I had mentioned that I'd never had one before. Yes. Yes, oh, it was so the good. Bush was the original. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. I mean... A bunch of, yeah, holiday well, sweaters. From last episode, I, uh, Iron Horse yep. has holiday sweaters yep. of them. Ooh. I was really close to buying one. Yeah. It was hard to justify a little bit because it was like... Eight I don't know... or something. Yes. And, they, and I'm sure like... Supporting a local brewery, I've already, I already own a lot of Iron Horse clothes and <laughs> beer and different things, but like, I, um, I really thought about it, but I was trying to think of like, I'm just not in a place where like, like I have two holiday like haha shirts. I literally wear each of them like one time a year. Yeah, I don't need more novelty shirts. Yeah, so like, I just don't know where I'd be wearing a beer holiday sweater outside of. Like the one, yeah, outside would, of your own man cave, it literally would have to be like, oh, it's it's late November, early December, and I'm like going to a brewery, and you're not under on a the Saturday, twenty four, because I have a novelty whatever deer's drinking beer uh, blazer. You do, yeah. It's a full <laughs> suit, but I'll usually only just wear the jacket. That's probably a good call. That's probably. Uh, but it's one time a year, and I've had the same one for five years now. Oh like, yeah, I don't need. And until need and until and as long as it continues to fit, you will still yeah bring that thing out every year. Yeah. So Montucky Cold Snacks uh, been around for a while. Uh, I brought it because it came up in our text chat. This mm-hmm. is actually Cam or the captain's uh, go-to non Bud Light beer. I didn't know he drank anything besides that. Correct. So this is his like go-to non-Bud uh, Light and tying into previous pods. It's technically kind of a craft lager. Really? It's, so it's a lager, and it's brewed in-house as far as I can tell. So they're based out of Bozeman. Their brewery is in Wisconsin, so I don't know if they contract brew uh, to get it done. Uh, but I couldn't find them any connections to a macro at all mm. uh, so it is a lager with no rice or corn syrup so it's a straight malt uh, lager 4.1 percent and then the cool thing is or interesting thing is they price it at like a pbr mm. yeah, bush light yeah. level so it is it's in the trenches doing the fight in the beer case it's in there they're not pricing it as a craft beer they're pricing it at uh, working man uh, style beer. All right. When you're done, I got a couple of notes that I've come across here. No, go ahead. Uh, so 
might be harder to find, but in the last, we've only seen it the last, what, year or two up here. And when I last checked distribution, they're in, so Northwest, so Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Northern California, uh, they just got into Colorado, and then obviously Montana, where they are based in, and then I'm assuming Wisconsin, which is where it's brewed, but. All right, so number one. I'm opening this can. I still have not tasted this. Okay. Um, I have not had one before, to my knowledge. Uh, I got a little bit of like a, like my, my heart skipped a beat for a second here as I saw that it said 8% on it. Oh, no, 8% back to charity. Yes, yes. yes. And then... Uh, because going, it warmed your heart. <laughs> yeah. And then going back to um, some nerdier things, I have an app that tells me whether beer is what they say, craft or crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montucky Cold Snacks does not pass the craft test. Uh-oh. So, but I don't know what that means, because it only tells me that it's owned by Melanie Brewing Company. But I've never heard of them before. Melanie Brewing Company. Yeah, so when I, I was looking into anything it, about it. I couldn't find any larger ownership group than, like, the two or three dudes who started it hmm well it makes me wonder like do they when they mean owned is it just like like is it uh um gosh i can't think of the word for it but like where you contract like is it a contract brew so it could like, be it could be and maybe that's what they're they are it says on the side of the can and that's where i was trying to dig in is it is um brewed and bottled by montaki cold snacks uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, for Montucky Which Cold is where Snacks, Bozeman. Melanie Brewing is apparently out of. So, yeah, I figured they were probably contract brew. Yeah. But they're going after that light beer space. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about it before. I don't, I don't know how much, like, again, I haven't done research. I don't know how much the people in Montana are like, yeah, this is our main beer, but... I know, uh, I know two people from Montana, and I've never heard them talk about this beer. It's a 2012, so they've been around for a little bit. Um, it's this, the unofficial this... beer of Montana. The official unofficial beer of Montana. I says feel, the can. We talked about this on the previous episode. I think these guys benefited greatly from that PR renaissance. Mm. Yeah. As kind of a, like we were saying, you know, the local niche beers... They just stay in your pocket, do what you do, and this is kind of get turned along because uh, I remember mid twenty teens, college age folks that I knew. This all of a sudden became a big deal. This oh, really? this started coming on as a bush light as a oh you know I'm I'm twenty two years old. I don't drink bush light anymore. I'm gonna have a cold snack. And that's exactly where uh, my brother, the captain. Uh, comes in is going, well, you're not just having a Bud Light. You're drinking something fancy. It's the exact same price. It's he, the exact same He beer. thinks this is fancy. No, no, no. no. But, um, <laughs> but you could walk in. You walk in with this a, in, yeah. in a room full of yeah. Bud Light And you're not getting called out yeah, for that's true. drinking a Bush Light. <clears throat> so, as I dig into it, it sounds like they're coming up under something called City Brewing. And basically, City Brewing has 
contracts for a ton of things. Everything from Monster Energy oh. to Zima. Um, Angry Orchard is in Which here. The proto-seltzer. Yeah, like Smirnoff. Um, I'm surprised they haven't drugged Zima. that corpse out. Right? Yeah, so there's a it. ton of those, but Montauki Cold Snacks is in there, so I don't know. You know, but that's that's also the thing. That's like, beside the point. I, I really... I, I don't think I'd ever... Th- have thought to look up Montucky as a craft or not. Um, but I also realize that I'm like, I'm probably slightly more on the like nerdy side of those things. But I also, when it comes to like lager type beer, I kind of give more of a pass. So that was my things. other one is, is this the segue into craft lager? I've been, ca- I've been calling it for years. Oh my gosh. No. Since 2016, no. I've been calling it. Montucky Cold Snack is not the segue to craft. It's, it's a lager, yeah. and it's technically a craft lager. I, it's not what I was thinking. No. I thought we were going to go a little bit more along the lines of our pumpkin spice lager or something along the, that era, but it is... Technically a craft beer, and it is technically well, legitimately I mean, depends a lager. on who you're asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think this is the what you're talking about. You need for it to be the you know the age of the craft lager. You need like the standards to be heavily focused into specific types of lagers, and by the the standards, I'm talking like for Seattle area, like you would need like there to be this. Renaissance of crafts under like Rubens Brewing mm-hmm. or like Fremont Brewing, like they all have their like Pilsners or these different things, but for you to be this like Renaissance of craft lager types of things, uh, you would need to see them like are they making like a constant like a Czech dark lager and this other like uh, a Pilsner and this style of like things and some of them do it when it comes to like. Like, we just left fresh hop season, and so you're getting people who are doing what some people call the Italian Pilsner or a fresh hop Pilsner that's a light with a little bit more. Like, that's a, that part. So so maybe that's as closest you're going to get, I think, to <laughs> this forever-dreamed return of it. But the, the big problem for me is you're never going to get the cams on board with this because it's expensive to make that for a craft like to make it the same price point as a, apparently a Montucky or a Bushlight or those types of things, the the craft brewers just cannot compete at that price point. But maybe that's what the split is, is they've obviously found a niche, and it's not a Bushlight, yeah. it's not a Bud Light, yeah, <clears throat> it's something a little bit different, but it's at that same price point. It's actually cheaper than a Bud Light, uh, and it's attracting kind of a customer who wants. Something a little bit different. How available did you did you say this was? Like easily found? Yeah, no, I got this at uh just a convenience store. Oh, okay. So yeah, micro I think both my grocery stores have it. Yeah, and it's it, nationwide. Mm. Nationwide, probably not. But here's the question. It's at your grocery store. Which section is it in? It's right next to the it's the you know the bush light. Yep, it's not in the craft beer section. No, because it's not craft beer. But how is it not? Well, according to my singular app but, that told me. Okay, but my craft beer section. It's all the fancy flavors. 
What do you like, mean by like, fancy I mean, flavors? This is in the aisle with this is beer. Right, this and I think, like, and that's they probably chose. Is, like they're they're choosing to put themselves. They probably they, they, they position not themselves in, and, and yeah. uh, admittedly on their website they go like we are positioning ourselves as a PBR. Yeah, and price point and even cheaper yeah. and whatever. So they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, <clears throat> but you can't tell me that this is less craft than an Elysian. Oh, but we talked about it last time. I don't. They're, okay, I guess, I guess it's the definition of craft. We we broke down the definition of independent. They're mm-hmm. not independent, but are they still craft? Yeah. Elysian. Yes. Yeah. I think it just depends on like. Yes, Elysian is still craft beer because they're making kind of funky different well, I think things it's and the styles. Stigma against yeah. the lager. Yeah. It's going loggers can't be craft. Well, and. It, I, I think I think yeah, it's a being a lager fla- only company. I think it's a it's yeah. a flavor thing. They have this because lager it it's got a little hops, it's got a little flavor, but that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting into the craft brew space or you're a home brewer, I mean, what did we do when we home brewed? Like we started basic, but then after that, it was like, oh yeah, we did basic one, but now it's no. it's getting exotic. Now now we're at three to five hop. Uh, Variants. Yeah. Variants. We're, we're throwing. Yeah, we didn't use a ton of education for that, though. I mean, no. <laughs> no. It, it's. People need beer. And if you want to be a craft guy and just make beer, I think that it would be fantastic. But ABM Bev is not going to come by you unless you got some stuff that are blowing people's tits off. Mm-hmm. Like a lesion. Like that, that's, that's what sells because it's different. Yeah. It's new and exciting. You can do weird marketing campaigns. Now that the Netflix ad supported tier, yeah, it can start ripping, that, yeah. start ripping uh, beer ads. Imagine what you're going to start. And because, like my Netflix, it knows what my age is. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everyone 21 and over is going to start well, getting streaming knows, beer wait, commercials. Am I going to start getting commercials on my Netflix? Um, imagine. So you sign up for the Netflix tier, yeah. And not only. Doesn't know what your age is, but it knows where you live. So, so it can target. Yeah. Yep. But imagine um kind of getting away from where we were, but imagine like that that craft brew, not like the attitude, like we're new, kind of new against the green. Imagine the weird streaming commercials you're gonna start getting for beer. Like like what we were talking about, like the Rainier. Commercials from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Are we going to hit a new renaissance of just some really weird shit happening in beer commercials? Because Dude, I hope so. It's just on mm-hmm. streaming. You somebody with an iPhone and a laptop nowadays, you can cut together a commercial. Imagine all these little local craft breweries. If you can buy super targeted ads, yeah, like uh, all the folks down in Tacoma. Yeah, imagine they just start pelting all of us. Within a fifty mile radius. Right. When's the last time you saw a local ish beer commercial? I mean, have there been any? Uh, Rainier. Rain, Rainier is the last commercial on TV that I remember seeing for a local. Like it was Henry Weinhardt's Rainier. Yeah. And then Widmer, Widmer, uh, but it wasn't for Heb. It was like this Widmer Brothers Brewing. Mm-hmm. It was this. Yeah, there's probably been then, a couple of Widmer, which I also looked up. But only because I watched so much Mariners baseball growing up. Yeah, they're not 
listed as craft either anymore. Like, because they got bought out by one of the conglomerates. Yeah. But, but, but that's local beer. We're just talking yeah. about local <coughs> beer to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ne- I've never seen an Elysian. Yeah, let's bring I, actually, back. I, I've seen one Elysian, and it was on YouTube like two months ago. I After think we I need looked- to bring back beer commercials. Like, not the big, like, I'm I mean, talking. have gotten rid of them the same way they did. I'm talking non Bud Light, non Miller. Like, I, I just don't think you're not going to see it on network TV. You'll see it on streaming where mm-hmm. you can age verify. Yeah. And that's because you shouldn't, it, you can't make beer fun for kids. Yep. Like, we remember, we we don't remember, but we remember beer commercials from the 80s because yep. they're fun and goofy when we were eight Shoot, years old. I remember cigarette commercials. The, that cartoon camel right. with the fanny pack. Man, mm-hmm. how cool is that, kids? <laughs> so but cool. Look I how far we've progressed as a society now. Yeah. All right, so this segues a little bit into my beer thought of the week is so homebrewing. Uh, I'm positive that almost every single master brewer uh, for any craft beer started as a home brewer. Jim Cook mm. uh, famously started as a home brewer and has supported it. I mean, to his financial detriment. I mean, buying hops and stuff so that he could provide them to the home brewing community. Yeah. Uh, almost all of them started at a home brewing level and they've grown into either craft brews or whatever. But almost everyone I talk to about home brewing that isn't currently a brewer, quote unquote, used to home brew. And we spent a good, what, five years mm-hmm. brewing consistent. At one point we were brewing every other weekend. Yeah. Uh, and we are now falling into that category of, do you homebrew? Well, we quote used unquote to. used to homebrew. And what is that hurdle from yeah, I used to homebrew to yeah, no, I have a brewery. How do you achieve that critical mass or, to get you over the hump? Or what is what is the tripping points that and we can speak from personal experience, what are the tripping points of going, yeah, no, I just not ready for that next push. The thing, some of yes, I would say probably predominantly most of the brewers have some home brewing experience in the past. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, you kind of want to figure out what you can do with it. Like we, we live in a place with a lot of access to good beer. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories that I've heard for some people where they go into home brewing is because they don't have the access to it. Right. So they can make those beers. We have a lot of access to really good beer. And there's there really isn't a like, oh, we need to homebrew to get this type of beer. Right. It is it is not cost effective for us to homebrew our beer instead of buying good craft beer. For for us and like why we're the used to brew people, it's because of our hodgepodge setup, I think, mm-hmm. that it became like it is not uh, time effective no. in doing it. Well, and we did it to ourselves. Like we were doing like a lake day while brewing. We were multitasking. Yeah, and doing these things. Um, but if I... So that it's a time thing and a money because if I had... If I had fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars to 
invest in one of those kind of ready to go setups, Bruce yeah. setups. Into a herb system or something. Yeah, where order. I have yeah. the setup where I don't have to hodgepodge and like because like where we're at right now with our setup. I mean, it's been probably coming up on a year and a half since we last brewed. Yeah, and Something it was like that. we brewed a couple uh, of times, and it was like a year before we did that. Yeah, it was like so when I know I was bottling. Right before or after my son was born, right. almost three and a half years ago, we was the right. last like main time we brewed. Yep. And then we've brewed like Once. two, one or two times yeah. since then. Um, and I think it's because of the hodgepodge of the setup of it. Because it's like, even though, even if we can get through the brewing process, then it was like, um, we tried to bottle for a while and that didn't go well. We tried to like keg for a while and this like... And then we started having little itty bitty problems with the kegs. Yeah. And so we, we like... And for the betterment of it, like we kept it cheap and like did what we could with the process. Cheapish. I mean, I don't think any, unless you're doing the like on your stove, oh, like right, a one right. gallon yeah. setup type of thing. Like none of it's that cheap. I mean, you're buying a three hundred dollar fermenter, or you're buying you know like those hundred fifty dollar like kettle. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the thing. Like if I could save up and have money to do a setup where I could go. Other than the cleaning, I could go out to my garage and have... Everything set up. Yeah. And, I mean, I've looked at, especially to have it in my garage and to have, like, um, an electric system. Be a, it'd be a game changer to, to be able to just be set up in the garage, have it all there, run the different things, feeds it across. But you're talking, I mean, two to $3,000 of yeah. equipment to do that. And then probably either, like, you know, a four or $500 kegerator... To make sure that I actually have the right pressures, the right systems, the draft lines and all that stuff to make sure that I'm doing it. So I think that's part of like where we fell off from it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because we went bigger. Like if we'd have just stayed with a with a cooking on the stove, even though right. our wives would have lost their yeah. mind how many times we've had to scrape the stove or do those things. Like mm-hmm. that I, that might have been a, a bit of a difference. I don't think you want, I, I think you just keep it at the propane burner. See, but I, I would never do I would never do it in the kitchen again. Oh, oh, I wouldn't mm, again. I wouldn't either. Yeah. But I but the we propane burner, few. we live in a place where it's too cold to stand outside all winter and do it. Like and it's not even that cold like here compared to other places. Yeah. But like that's why I think like the game changers for me in getting back to doing it more consistently would be that setup where I'm not having to hodgepodge a, a tiered thing Mm -hmm. to create those levels for transfers where i have the electricity to do it where it's in the garage i'm not having to worry about like you know fuming myself to death because i'm trying to stay warm inside or something like that so that's where i'm at but i agree about like i think the brewers though especially the ones i mean there's how many people homebrew that never go professional and they do it for there are a lot of people who do it for Years and years and years of just, right. I, they just homebrew. I worked with a guy. He home. He said he homebrewed one day. I was like, oh yeah, I had homebrewed too. He's like, oh here, we'll swap growlers. I gave him one of mine, like a basic ale. Mm-hmm. It was okay. He gives me like this, oh, I've brewed this one for 20 years. Like, right. what? Yeah. And it was like, I, I could have poured this, you, you could have poured this out of tap room somewhere and mm-hmm. told me it was, it was like, why don't you sell this? Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, he, like, he's just like, 
I just like making the beer. Yeah. I make it for myself and my family. I don't I, need to. Yeah. We never got how, to. How many, how many of those people, those brewing, just amazing, earth-shattering mm-hmm. beers are never going to be discovered? Because Could be. Most of them. They're smart enough to go, no, this is really good. I want to keep it for myself. Or do you also I, don't, I, don't, I don't want... I, I don't want the added stress of now all of a sudden just worrying about making a beer for myself. Right. Well, now I have to make a beer where all of a sudden I'm going to send it out into the world and there are going to be people who don't like it or want me to change it or do I mean, stuff like that. Even bigger than that, that guy can, it'll cost him more money than just going and buying it on his own. But what's the next level? He either has to go and convince some brewery that he should be the brewer, or he has to open his own brewery. Or he just quits his job so he can brew the beer. Yeah, but, at, but now what, you gotta now yeah. you gotta sell it to Yes, like, and at a certain cost. And like it's I think there's a big it's a big game changer there. Because I think we had a couple good beers. We had a couple good beers, and if we sat down and focused on them, but the issue was I, I don't know about you guys, but I was at a point in my career, it's like I don't have time there, to there's focus there's on only it, yeah. so much more time I could put into yeah. worrying about refining the beer or get it getting the equipment set up in a way so we didn't have to unpack it and repack it every time we needed that, to use it. That was it for me. Is that we couldn't hit consistent efficiencies. So mine similar was the we could make good beer and it wasn't about the cost of the ingredients, mm-hmm. but it was the the time investment that went into to it. To then and, find out that it and was then a... when you have to pour it down the drain. Mm-hmm. And it was the second or third one where we went, this just didn't hit. Yeah. Like, we yeah. could make it work, but it's at a 2.5% ABV yeah. right oh, now. We and, can't turn it into anything and make it drinkable. And So par- we're just dumping it. And it's not the 100-something bucks that it costs right. to make the five gallons. It was the... Five We weeks. spent... Eight hours on it. At least on the day. On the day and then cleaning and then it sat there and storing then the it transfer and the and transfer the... and all of that. Yeah. That was just Ugh. and the and the way we were set up, it was linear. It was we've got one fermenter, so we can only be fermenting one at a time. So if you do have a screw up, all of a sudden now there's a four week window. Yeah. We don't have anything being available for us to try. Yeah. Try the beer, adjust the recipe, it, it, do all the things we needed to do. But that came down to equipment again. There was mm-hmm. no way we were going to set up a system where we could have three beers ripping at the same time. There was just no way. No. But that, but that's what this, that's what the step would be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we. I mean, originally I was just like, cool, I can make beer, right? And that was, you know, I had had craft beer. But really making the beer and then sitting down and drinking the five gallons of beer. Right. That wasn't a Keystone Light or mm-hmm. a Bud Light. Like, I think the very first beer I made was just like a, a bog standard uh, winter ale. Super easy slam dunk. Can't screw it up. I didn't screw it up. Drank five gallons of it. In one night. It damn near. <laughs> like invited the like the neighbor came over like what are you doing and I'm like oh we're just having some of this homebrew beer pouring it out of a five gallon bucket yeah because I didn't want to because car- it for some reason it fermented fast enough it 
gave enough carbonation. We were just drinking it right off the rip. Nice. Would not recommend, but yeah, it worked. Nobody died, and I got really drunk. But that's the thing is, I think there becomes a point where like the people who can do it with the makeshift, like than us and consistently do it like that's amazing but mm-hmm. like you you have to be committed like the stories i've heard of people it's like we talk about like squeezing it into a day and doing stuff but there's people who are like you know they're getting home from work and starting a brew and doing it till midnight one in the yeah. morning to then and it's just like i don't have that Drive. i i love doing it and i enjoyed it um but man, I, I try to find places where I can find make some simplicity in my life and trying to find the perfect tiered system out of the hodgepodge of stuff and not, you know, our burner gets a little hot in this part, so we gotta watch the sticky like it's just it became too much of a hassle. And the sad thing is I think that for us it's like it would have taken a few thousand dollars, probably. Yeah. To just get a system that's functional and just kinda well, and that's where it came for me was it was it was a cool hangout type yeah. deal. It was an excuse to get together, brought the kids, whatever, and it turned it into like a boat yeah. day, a brew yeah. day, and then it got to be such a process where it's now it's dominating the day. Now we're just brewing beer and it's it became less fun. Yeah. I think. Well, and that's why like I mean and, so that's fine. You put on all that effort. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, when you go, we don't actually have beer well, to show is, for it. This is absolute crap. Yeah. And we have to dump it. Gone. We could have just gone water skiing. <laughs> I think that's the thing, too, is what maybe some homebrewers realize is like to go from just being able to brew on your own schedule and do stuff, even if you're doing it all the time, that's a, that's very different than like. You no, you're, do, you're doing that four or five days in a row, or you're right. doing back-to-back batches because you need X amount of beer to fill X amount of orders mm-hmm. and to do it. So, like, the, you, the if more... If you do not brew this beer today... Yeah. You're you're shutting down. Yeah, like right. You, ha- you have to yeah. brew this beer. I would love to get back to it and to find some time and money to, like, to have that set up and to, to be able to kind of go out and do it. <laughs> Um, but I think one of the main things is that I've thought if if I actually want to open that brewery <coughs> and to do it, um, man, I probably just need to uh, create a design of a brewery, an idea and process and just find a brewer. Mm-hmm. Like just find somebody who who Who's is that for you? not so insane. And yeah. then basically I'm just be the assistant brewer and like help out when I can and do the stuff to like. Hey, can we try this type? Can we do this? Like, you know, more mold the company than mold the beer type of right. thing. So. Oh. All right. Topic done. We have a beer to review uh, as part of the American Beer Review podcast. So, Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's right. So, Thor, you want to tell us about this beer as I pour up a couple glasses for us? So, we got another offering from Belching Beaver. I picked them up at the same time, saved some shipping, baby. Uh, we got their Tavern Hef pouring out of a 16-ouncer today. I have not had this one, so. So this is 5.5% uh, uh, ABV. 
Sounds about right. Four right there. I think actually it's kind of funny. One of the last um, beers that we really tried to try and do that I was trying to kind of like expand our abilities on was trying to do some kind of like Weiss beer type of something like I can't remember. I mean, it's been years, but I can't remember exactly what we um, were trying to do with it. Some variation, but that was one of the last ones that we did try to do. So. So I see on the can they're indicating you're going to get some notes of banana, vanilla, and clove. I was going to say that smelling it, it's got a little bit of a, like a floral, almost fruity mm, yeah. smell to it. So this is definitely um, definitely going into the German style of the half, opposed to the American, which we saw mm. in the Widmer half. When I think the can is trying to try to tell you that, it's got mm. the like blue and white flag, that kind of like oh, Oktoberfesty yeah, like type. It's not heavy in the banana, like it's not overly This is a thick Hohen Garden. You have some um the different styles that you can do with it that when you're playing with that type of yeast, you can go kind of more banana y, you can go a little more clovey, just depending on which way you're kind of deciding to go with it. I will say it's Hef is probably one of the ones I order the least when I'm at breweries. Um, I have to I, nowadays. I yeah. I was heavy into them. Call it ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. It was a gateway, like for a lot of people. It's a gateway. Like, throw a lemon in it, mm-hmm. and this one actually, as much as I say, don't fruit my beer. You would. A little bit of a lemon or I throw orange in this wood. This is not the full orange, but just some orange peel, that's like that's a martini. Yep, yep. Yeah. This would give you a little bit, but. I mean, I absolutely Overall. But, oh. I wouldn't uh, probably pat, do, I don't know, with it being this German style of stuff, man. Well, I mean, a lot of it, like. I think you might get in trouble if you put some fruit in it if you go to Germany based on probably German purity laws. Um, does talk about a little bit of vanilla. I kind of, I think that's like I get a little, little bit. There's yeah. a little bit of that. I get it in the middle before the finish. Yeah. But super clean, super neat, super tight. Well, and complete opposite spectrum. I mean, we're doing two Belgian beaver beers yeah, right. back and uh, back to back, but completely opposite beers. Uh, the peanut butter stout versus this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. I wouldn't correlate them at, at all. No, I mean, but that shows the depth of a of a brewery that they're getting yeah. some better like variations of things. But if you told me this was a German import, oh, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, very European. I love it. I, this would be an everyday fridge if it if I wasn't already seasonal on hefts. So this definitely be a. I would like. I think I would like this more in the spring, especially with the orange edition. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not, it, I'm not gonna be drinking this every day when it's thirty degrees outside. No. This, would, this would be a late. A kind of a mid-fall... I don't put this in spring. my beer fridge, or in my main fridge, but this 
definitely has a spot in my beer fridge. I think it's one to have for people who, like, it's a good um, version of it. Mm -hmm. So that for those people who like that style of beer, I think for me, yeah, it's only once or twice a year where I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm looking for that's going to hit the spot. I'm not really... Um, and I think it's it's nothing, it is not anything against the beer. It's more just my own personal right. uh, preference. Yeah. Like I said, it just, I try, if I'm doing a, a flight somewhere, I try to do pick one thing that's outside of what I would normally get. So maybe that's where the heft kind of comes in. But otherwise, I'm not really, it's just, not, it hasn't been my go-to for, for a while. But solid version of it, um, enjoyable, like, just kind of make me think like you know maybe we need a american beer review trip to germany or something like that i mean uh, (laughs) as soon as as it can pay for itself yeah so uh yeah i mean i like these styles of beer i like that that it's the more german style i like that it's not the um americanized a bit more half you have a you have a look there chad um I don't know if this will make the final cut. I'm getting farmhouse style ale vibes off this from the Wayback Machine. Like almost Saison. Like. Yeah. Almost. It, it's almost got a sour finish. If you're a fan of those, see if I'm wrong. I think the more it's set, you can kind of get that. Um, it's like, a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like we said, overall fantastic. That's yeah, that's back to back, really great um, offers from Belch and Beaver. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not mad about it. No, that's solid. Um, what you got? So when we talk about European beer and those types of things, some places in Europe they don't need as warm of or as cold of beer. Mm. Like uh, like a hef, I think you could get away with a hef being not as um as cooled or chilled as uh, normal. It definitely lends itself to being a little bit warmer. Yeah. So uh, there is there's an article that I saw recently about how people don't like warm beer unless you're British and you like Cascale and those types of things. <laughs> Uh, so, do you know how they're determining whether your beer is warm or not? Uh, probably by the temperature of the beer? No, this is, that takes paying attention. I don't know. For, for full transparency, I have already read through this. Oh, yeah. We're going to get <laughs> but, the live. But Alec has not. No. Yeah. Uh, there is, there is now nail polish. They can help you determine if your beer is cold enough to drink or not. So, I know they have nail polish for... Detecting whether there's like roofies and stuff in oh, the drink. That's right. And now they have nail polish to yeah. aren't, aren't the mountains blue? Oh, oh. It is Coors Light. <laughs> Sponsored. That's awesome. That's awesome. Chill polish is that's what it awesome. is called. So it is a silver colored nail polish that once applied can turn blue if the beer is cold enough to chill the glass and then your hand. Uh, they do note that it does work for all beers, not just Coors. Right. Mm. So the elephant in the room, as soon as I read the article and finished it, I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Did you buy it? <laughs> no. 
He's wearing now it Now you've right got now. sticky beer finger all night. What? Yeah, no. You have to stick your finger in the no, beer. No, you get... don't. No, it said that it basically you hold the can. Okay. You hold the can. Yeah. It makes your finger cold enough that it turns the oh, nail polish the that's color. That's ridiculous. Oh, it is not a here. dip your pinky in the beer. I mean, you probably could. There's some engineer who devised this. is rolling their eyeballs. No, that's the I mean, but would you... I mean, if somebody... What if you're in a plastic cup and you're... Would I buy that? No, absolutely not. You would not buy it. Uh, (laughs) But would you be entertained by seeing it live in the wild? I wouldn't even notice. If you found out that someone's like, hey, check this out. Okay, yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, it's... I've got... You can buy a t-shirt that does the same thing when they throw their beer at me for being a creepy guy asking about, hey, can I see your nail polish? It's still a gimmick. And it's just like, remember when they had the wide mouth can? Or remember when they had the... uh, The wide mouth can is now... Standard. The standard can. I guess. But, but or no, vented, sorry. The, the vented, vented. Yeah. Or when you had, uh, was it Miller? <coughs> the te- Where the you popped card, the card extra tab, tab. Card key tab. Yeah. To then vent so oh, it flowed better. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And they, I mean, they it's, knew what we were doing. I mean. They weren't stupid. I forgot about those. Yeah. I I remember just trying to like, it, it was not simple to, uh. You had to have the right kind of key. Yes, to pop to that tab be consistently was not popping it. The vent was slightly better. Oh, uh, you can get it for only seven dollars though. So, like you know, for that beer loving, nail polish wearing person in your it, life, though? it starts silver and turns to blue. Yeah, just like the can. Do I want my wife to have silver <laughs> nail polish? The better use for that is, you know, it's cold outside. <laughs> oh, it's like the the signs you drive by. Yeah, the yeah, little like exactly, uh, and even and the signs go from like a gray yeah, or a silver yeah. to a blue. Oh. Yeah. Okay, who? Which was first, the can or the signs on the side of the road? Oh, the signs for sure. Yeah, those can, have been in can stores forever. It's been a joke for a while. All right, last thing we got uh, another beer. Another beer? <clears throat> no, no. No, God, yeah, no. Not, not this yet. episode. Uh, the highest rated beer in every home. state. Yeah, I'm in my house. <laughs> <laughs> highest rated beer in every state? Highest rated beer in every state. What? We're not, not going to go through all of them. Because what is the rating? Uh, like, are they using untapped? Are they using the beer advocates? Are they... It, it's like, uh, you know when you go into the... Um, it used to be only like a total wine or something. They'd have like the the so score, the wine rating. Yeah, so, so the, but that, that's, that's from what the that's what I'm is. saying. So it's like the, okay, so it's the like beer, high... beer advocate or something. So they use beer yeah. advocates, yeah. top yeah. rated beers okay. from brewers in each state. From brewers, yeah, uh, in each state in Washington D.C. Okay, as accurate as possible. Only beers with over 100 ratings okay. are considered for the state state's top spot. And it is one singular beer per for state. the entire state. Straight mm-hmm. up, the highest rated uh, wow. beers that have more have I mean, 100 reviews. Okay, so I haven't seen the list. Obviously, like, Washington, theoretically... Yep, we'll start with Washington. Would be... See, the, if you, see if you can nail the brewery it's made by. Uh, that would be better than... The specific... Than the beer, because you're never going to get the beer. Oh, Wow. But you're never going to oh, get the beer. Oh, I think I maybe know but this the, already. Is it the B-Bomb from Fremont? Holy no shit! shit. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? 
You said you didn't read this. How the hell did you pull that off? I didn't. I was I was gonna go with Fremont Brewing. It was Fremont Brewing. I was gonna go with Fremont Brewing. It's coffee cinnamon bee bomb. <laughs> is the top rated beer. Who would have thunk it? The guy who did all the lists it, for years would ace his first. Hey, guess what's on the list, guys? It also just released like last week for this year. Uh, all right, so for it's this kinda... year, so it is a little bit, but um, God damn, I'm impressed. Still. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> See, but any other state. So and they, but here's the thing, and this is some of my issue with these types of lists is it's these specialty knockoff kind of like onesie twosies of a year type of thing like here's the thing how many b bombs have i had in my life maybe two or three because they cost like 25 dollars a bottle like so you're getting that like and, and don't get me wrong it it takes a lot to make that beer but but i'm not having a ton of them because it's just like i'm not spending that kind of money every year when it's coming in well and run through the list the only one running that's through. not a like specialty something. There are so many IPAs on this list. Oh, there's so many IPAs, and they're all it, it. And the only one that I have ever heard of is Plenty the Younger out of oh. Russian Ribbon for Ribbon. California. Yeah, from California. So that's a good call. That would. And so, that's the so only Mike one has, on this list I, that I've had. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that was the only know. one. Looking through this list, I'm going through it again. Go to Massachusetts. Uh, and I want to. I want to guess. Okay, go ahead. I at least get, is it from Treehouse? It is from Treehouse. And is it? Um, oh shoot! What is it called? Juice something. Close. Keep going. Oh, I can't remember what it is. So what? Because it, King Julius. King Julius. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so, isn't that the guy from Madagascar? Likes the movie. <coughs> Dude, Maybe. I have no idea. Oh, we'll look. Um, yeah. So that one, because that's a that's a like a known one. That's one that like people stand in line to try and get. So that like makes me think like kind of like Planet of the Younger. Yes, agreed. It's just uh, you're gonna go like uh, I'm just trying to think of states where there's been big like things like that. Like um, Michigan probably would have been a Founders beer. I don't know that it's probably Founders it anymore. Is it, a Founders see? beer? So um, it is their Canadian bacon. Oh, Canadian the KBS. breakfast stout. Yes, I've had that one. So that's a maple syrup stout one. KBS. So they have a CBS. Sorry, they have a CBS. Kentucky. Bourbon yeah, breakfast out, then they also have a CBS, so that's the mapley version. Yeah, see, this is probably I could, man, I've, now I kind of want to like, I could more figure out probably the breweries that they're from, and not always specifically the beer, like like Oregon, closer to home, Idaho. I would have no, no idea. idea, no idea. Oregon, but Oregon. You, you, I guarantee you're not going to guess this one. So Oregon, like one of my initial ones before you would have talked that, about it earlier, I would have guessed like Deschutes. Not, or um, no, we talked about the style uh, earlier on this podcast. I think we did. We talked about the style. You're never gonna get it. Is it Pelican Bay? No, that or Pelican Brewing? No. So okay. this is Degard Brewing. Oh, okay. So it's their farmhouse ale, which is a saison. Wow. See, and I just, I at least appreciate about. we've got like a variety of stuff. I mean, a a few of them. Yeah, I should probably actually read this list and figure this out. I mean, out, it's but. a pretty interesting list. Mm-hmm. And the thing that jumped out at me, it felt like 90% of this list was 7% plus. Oh, it was no. Just, it's all strong. <laughs> like if, if well, you but that's to, what I was saying is they're all like, like a lot of them are like barrel aged or like those types yeah, of like, yeah. yeah. Super bougie. Like we're, this is a yeah. exclusive. Mm-hmm. And. I'm but that's what it should be. 
I was talking trash on them earlier, but uh, Melvin Brewing was Wyoming's number one. No longer owned by Melvin Brewing. Tie me up. They just sold. IPA? Did they sell? Yeah, to another Wyoming brewery. Well, they're Road, number one. Roadhouse Brewing, I believe. Roadhouse. Yeah, I kind of like that weird Swayze movie from the, the Weird. A lot of people like it. They're remaking it, I think. Weird? No. That movie's, they, that movie's a classic. That's why I, I, I shouldn't have I mean, said that. No, they talked about remaking it, but they're going to make it with Ronda Rousey oh, as yeah, one of the characters, uh, and that thing blew up. Oh, no. They are... Is it that one that they're remaking, and now it's got Conor McGregor in it, or something like uh, that? I know. I can't see him going, pain don't hurt. Let's just keep finding all sorts of cringy MMA characters to put into these movies and pretend that we're going to make money off of them. I Okay, on... Honestly, I thought after the Expendables brought all the old school guys back, old school guys back, I thought there was gonna be a renaissance of '80s meathead action movies with all of these churned out UFC, WE stars. It turns out a lot of them can't act. Yeah, but it you're going for '80s. Oh no no meathead action movie. Haven't you seen the John Wick series? I know it's. I've never, I've, I've never seen any of them. It's you have 80s. not seen a John Wick movie? Not seen one. They're awesome, but they're 80s meathead yeah. mindless action movies. No, they made one with a... With a I don't think she was I in... Think, with a former MMA fighter. Recorded the entire movie. And ooh, then, Chad's girlfriend. Gina Carano. Yeah. And then they... Uh, not anymore, we broke up. And then they... They redid about, about the time she got booted off the Mandalorian. We broke up. They redid <laughs> all of her um, audio with no somebody joke. else. It's someone else doing the audio. She, she is on Vader. screen. She is like the whole movie, and it's someone else's voice the entire time. Ugh. Yeah. So yikes. No, I, I got. I don't want to sparge WWE folks. I don't want to lump you in with the UFC meatheads because WWE folks actually know how to act. Oh, more so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's part of the game. It is. It is. Like, um, we I feel to, like I'm going to lose. We had to lose one fandom of the podcast, so Man, I wasn't going to lose. Wasn't, I kind of want to go now with, at this list and just see how many of these beers we could, like, order and get and uh, try out. Yeah. yeah, it'll take me, like, what, a uh, month's salary to acquire every single one oh, of these absolutely. from all over the country. So. Yeah, provided that you can even get them again and they weren't a one-off. Well, and like that one from Massachusetts, and that's why I knew it was going to be from Treehouse. It's just such a, like, talked about, like, pined after type, mm-hmm. like Pliny. Like, it's yeah. just one of those things that it's just so, so known. And so I just knew that was going to be that. So, all right, I'm going to go uh, check out the rest of this list and see... How many, like, all two of them that I've had from this list and start creating a uh, a must-have list, so. Sounds good. And you should check out the rest of our podcasts Me? available. You, maybe the listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, again, yeah. send us any recommendations. Uh, we are open to beers uh, to review. Uh, anything you'd like us to taste. Or along those lines, our glasses are, or at least my glass, is empty. I hope yours is too. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. I mean, it is what it is nowadays. I mean, I'm still not... Not jacked about it as a consumer, but I get it from 
being on the inside, and I do not hold them at fault There's, for it because I would do the exact same thing. Can I retire, take care of my family and my kids' kids for the rest of their lives by selling out? I done would do. Trying, yeah, yeah. So, so this thingy. But like it, Amazon. Oh, I'll just know they're delivering the bag. Awkward. Have Good it? thing we're casting. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Is that the sex doll? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Thank this... God that wasn't in the middle of podcasting. Though. <laughs> thank God I had to. Thank God we're recording.